push your neighbor right now. Tell him, neighbor. Tell him I'm not waiting till the end of service, but I came to get my blessing now, to get my breakthrough now. Is there anybody in the building tonight uh, that came to get your promise? You came to get your miracle? Somebody throw your hands in the air. Open your mouth and shout with a voice of triumph in this place. We might as well loosen our time. You might as well kick off those pretty shoes. Somebody ought to take about 60 seconds and give them a shout of praise in this place. Shout like you did it, 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 sh
excited about what the Lord's going to do in this place tonight. Just remain right where you are for the next few moments in this posture of worship. I want to say on behalf of the Rock Church and the incredible staff of this house, what a privilege and an honor it is to have everybody in the sanctuary tonight for Impact International Youth Conference. Woo! We give great honor to all of our guests that are here tonight, to all of the men of God. There are, there are many pastors and preachers and evangelist teachers in the building tonight. I salute and honor you, great friends and family connections all over the house. Would you help me one more time? Give God a great big praise. And I want to give great big thanks tonight for the saints of the Most High God tonight that are in the building. Would you help me give God a praise tonight? Woo! We're so excited about what the Lord is going to do in this house. And it is our privilege and our honor tonight to bring to this desk someone who really needs no introduction. God has used this voice in a profound way for decades in the kingdom of God. He has left an indelible mark upon the lives of many, many young people throughout God's hand upon his life and his ministry. And it is a signal privilege tonight to have with us all the way from Elk Grove, California, Pastor Miles Young in the building tonight. Would you help me give him a great big impact welcome tonight? I just got one question for you. You shouted with the beat. Can you shout with the meat tonight? Some of you already went back to your seat. Can you shout with the meat tonight? Would you lift your hands in your voice one more time and God your best praise as the man of God comes to deliver the word tonight. Come on, Pastor Young, we love you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you touch three people? Tell them you love them. Tell them, say, you look better than I do tonight. Amen, amen, amen. If you are cold in your soul, you came to the right place to warm up. Amen. It is a distinct honor to be in Fort Myers tonight. Amen. Is anybody else glad to be here? Something's going to cook in this kitchen this week. Yeah. I am so honored to be here with Bishop Randy Williams and the church here in Fort Myers, the Rock Church. I give honor to, to he and his family, his lovely wife. They are dear, dear friends of ours for many years. And uh, I rejoice with them and what God has done here in Fort Myers. And
and I'm looking forward to our time together this week under the leadership of this great man of God. Amen. And I am looking forward to the ministry of Evangelist Jacob Phillips. Anybody looking forward to hearing Brother Phillips? God is using this man in a special way in the apostolic movement, and uh, I'm excited to hear him. And then my friend, Pastor Stephen Collins from Birmingham. Not only a tremendous preacher, but a tremendous leader with key understandings of revival. And you don't want to miss any of these sessions with these great men of God. And then to see my pastor friends, amen, and uh, people I love dearly, and, and so many of you, and, and uh, to the Williams family, amen. They are grandparents now. Grandparents are getting younger all the time, and uh, I got a feeling that, that Nova is in charge, supernova, amen, and uh, I look forward to getting to, to meet her, and I found out recently that, that the Williams and the Young family are going to be like cousins now, amen, Judah, praise has gone up and captured another victory, Amen. So, but Isaac, good to see you and Tiana. Amen. If you have your Bible, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. I welcome all of you that are joining by the internet, Holy Ghost Radio, my good friend and brother, Brother Jeff Hoffer, and all of you that on whatever website you're joining with us uh, at present or in the future. I feel like I'm in a time warp. I don't know if I'm supposed to go through that portal into space or wherever it is, but maybe, maybe this now moment is going to have a later moment because what we are tapping into is eternal. At any time, the future can break back into the present and take hold of some old historical prayers and bring them into reality. God may be working tonight on your tomorrow. Don't you ever underestimate what God can do now. What an exciting time we live in. We are seeing prophecy fulfilled. Amen. And I am excited for what God is going to do at our time here at Impact 2023. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding. Everybody say, my understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches, everybody shout riches. Anybody need some riches? Now, if you've got enough and you're satisfied, you, you don't have to get into this sermon, but if anybody wants some riches, you ought to plug in right now. What the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Notice it's his inheritance. My inheritance may not be that great, but I got a feeling his is pretty big. I'd rather plug into his inheritance than mine. I got a good mama and daddy. I got good grandparents, but they didn't leave me very much. When my grandfather passed away, he didn't even own a car or a house. 
He died in a nursing home and all he owned was his Bible and a few Louis L'Amour books. But I tapped into another source to the riches of a glorious kingdom of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding, pay attention, the exceeding greatness of his power. The exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe. According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, shout the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. I want to preach for a little while tonight on this first night of impact from this title, Far Surpassing Power. Far Surpassing Power. Would you clap your hands one more time for the Word of God and what He's going to do this week at Impact. Come on, clap with gusto. Lift your voice while you're clapping and give God a shout of victory. You may be seated. Yesterday when I arrived at the airport, Bishop Williams picked me up in a dinosaur. It was a black dinosaur with rubber wheels, with a loud growl, and the speed of an eagle. And we ran through Fort Myers higher and faster than everybody else in that big black truck. And it was comforting to know that we were in a vehicle of far surpassing power. And when that turbo hum kicked in, you could tell that it had more passing power than any other vehicle on the road. I want to preach tonight to impact and to young people about far surpassing power. Our text is taken from the letter that was written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus. And it is in this letter that we learned what happened to us when we received our salvation experience through repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Is there anybody in Fort Myers tonight that is still excited for your salvation experience? Has anybody gone down memory lane and reminded yourself of when you first believed? And when you came up out of those waters of baptism and the name of Jesus having been called over you, washed all your sins away, and you begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the earth. Anybody glad for salvation today? Amen. But as, as we begin to walk with God, we begin to read the Word of God, and we discover that we 
in that experience became part of a unity. We became part of a body. We became part of the church. And I'm glad to be in the church today. How about you? I know that uh, in a world that is trying to break everything down and tear apart all of the moorings of our society and uh, maybe some of it needs to be torn down, but, but I see that the limitation is not just to those things that need to be changed. I see a lot of things changing that don't need to change. But I believe there's some young people in 2023 that still believe in the power and importance of the apostolic church. We still love going to church. We still love coming to church and singing and worship. We're not giving up on church. You may do your social media thing, but we still love church. Amen. We're part of this church thing. And, and uh, Paul used in this idea of church and the body of Christ, this unity, he, he used words that were important, like together. Everybody shout together. He said, we are gathered together, we are quickened together, we are raised up together, we are seated together, we are builded together. If you're going to do anything in the kingdom of God, you got to learn to do it together. If you think you're going to do the church thing by yourself, you're dead wrong. you got to do it together. If you got a problem with your sister, you better get over it because you got to do it together. If you're going to build the house of God, you got to do it together. If you're going to come to the house of God, you got to do it together. So you better make up your mind. Get rid of all your separation. Get rid of all your division and find a together place tonight. Somebody shout together. He repeatedly used Together and one, he said, we are one new man in this body. We're one new man and we are of one spirit and we are one body and there is one hope and there is one Lord and one faith and one baptism. There's one God and Father of all who is in you all. Somebody shout one. We still believe in the oneness message. Oneness, not just in baptism and Godhead, but oneness in one body of Christ. Together as one, we are seated in heavenly places today. And by becoming in and part of that body, we have been given access to the riches of grace and glory the riches of Christ. So when, when I say I'm glad to be in the church, young people, you don't have to be a the theologian to understand the importance and how big a deal it is to be in the church. You might not be in the Elks Club or the Rotary Club. You may not may have made it into the fraternity order or the sorority. But let me tell you, when you got in the church of the living God, you became a part of the most powerful force on planet Earth. Punch your neighbor and say, I'm in the church. Paul prayed. He said, God, I, I want them to understand how big a deal it is for them to be in the church. He wanted God to send, I want you to think about this. 
I, I, God, I want you to send a spirit of revelation to come and touch the understanding of their minds. You know what I'm praying happens tonight, tomorrow night and Saturday in this conference? I pray that in one of these services, into that back door like a dove. I hope a spirit of revelation and understanding comes and settles over your mind and spirit and you get a revelation of what it means to be a part of the church. If you don't get anything else when you go home, I want you to square your shoulders back and say, world, I may not know a whole lot, but I know one thing. I'm in the church of the living God and that baby is a big deal. He said, I, 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 hope, I hope that a spirit of wisdom and revelation would come that our understanding would be enlightened or illuminated. This was the original get lit moment. He wanted everybody to understand this exceeding greatness of his power. His surpassing power. Let, let me just jump to the end for a moment and tell you there is a dimension of power in this thing we call the church that is bigger than you can understand without divine revelation. If you come in your carnal, carnal mindset and you're just going to come hear the band and see the, the lights and the screens and have a good time at the party afterward, you, you're going to miss out on the surpassing power. But if you'll get in the Holy Ghost, a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of revelation will come to you and you will leave here with understanding you didn't have before. Let, let, me, just, let me just clarify something. You, you may not believe this, but the Bible indicates very clearly that this understanding is so big that without a spirit of revelation, you can't even know it. I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care how long your grandparents were in church. I don't care if you're fifth generation Pentecost. Without a spirit of revelation, it's hard to understand the dimension I'm talking about tonight. What do we know about his power? Let's take a minute, if we're going to learn about far surpassing power, then let's take a look at power. It's like, like the father uh, told his daughter, he said, I'm whelmed. She said, you're what? He said, I'm whelmed. She said, Dad, you mean you're overwhelmed? He said, no, I'm not underwhelmed and I'm not overwhelmed. I'm just whelmed. If you're going to learn about surpassing power, you got to find a baseline of what you know about power. So go with me on a little explanation and examination of what we know about the power of God. Our first knowledge of our God is found in the beginning God. Genesis, the beginning of all things. 
In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It was empty. It was without form. It was void. Darkness covered the face of the deep. And then the Spirit of God began to move over the dark, deep waters. And as it hovered over those waters, something began to happen. Are you ready? And God said, the first thing we know about God's power is the voice of God. Let there be light. And there was light. The spoken word of God from the mouth of God created light from darkness. And in the Genesis account, if God said it, it is. The first dimension of power is from the mouth of God that if God speaks it, it is. That mouth speaks to nothing and it becomes everything. It speaks to darkness and it becomes light. He speaks to water and it becomes land. He speaks to chaos and it becomes order. He speaks to night and it becomes day. The mouth of God. Let me tell you what happens. If God would speak in impact, it is. If God speaks over your life, it is. Not it might be, it may be, it is. You gotta get faith in the power. The very first dimension of God is God said. Somebody shout the mouth of God. This is why the man could say, just speak the word, Lord. Just speak the word and my servant will be healed. You don't even have to come to my house. Just, just speak a word. The mouth of God. As we read on in our Bible and Genesis turns to Exodus, we discover that we learn another dimension of his power. We see his power on display through his vessel Moses. Moses begins to work miracles by his hand and by the first magic stick, so to speak. And there we see rivers turn to blood. We see land covered in lice and locusts. We see the heavens filled with hail. When the Egyptians could not turn the dust into gnats, they reported to Pharaoh that what this man is doing is done, are you ready? By the finger of God. So we see a second dimension of the power of God. The plagues, the power on display was by the finger of God. The finger that would carve two tables of stone with the finger. Luke chapter 11 and 20 Talking about the casting out of demons, Jesus himself said, I drive out the demons by the finger of God. Some of you are so worried about the demonic things around us. Demonic 
spirits and evil spirits that come to haunt. Let me tell you what God thinks about demons. They're a flick of his finger. Some of you need to understand that that big devil in your life that you think is insurmountable that causes you to shiver and quake with fear to your God, he ain't nothing but a flick of the finger. Somebody needs to give the devil the finger today. You need to tell the devil you ain't nothing. My God is bigger, stronger, better. All you are is the flick of his finger. By the finger of God, plagues, demons, the mouth, the finger. But there is another dimension, another level. Punch your neighbor say, we're learning right now. The writer said, when I consider the heavens and the work of your hands, we've gone from the mouth to the finger. But when you walk out into the sky tonight and look up and you look through the portal, understand that everything that's on that screen and every shooting star and every galaxy and constellation and the cosmos and universe was done by the hand of God. I don't care how big you think your situation is. There is a dimension of God's power that is by the hand of God. He hurls things into existence. The hand of God represents the power and dominion of God, his authority. It is God taking control. It's God taking his hands and putting his hands on it. It's why you hear people say the hand of God is upon him. The hand of God is upon her. It's God's power coming down into the life that is submitted in obedience. And there it is a life surrendered to the will of God. And in doing so, that hand takes hold of that individual and spiritual dominion and spiritual authority are found in the hand of God. I hope somebody gets a hold of that hand this week. In every service in this conference, the hand of God, you won't see it. But the hand of God will be moving through this place looking for a submitted life to establish spiritual authority and power and open up the cosmos of possibilities as the universe begins to roll back and things are hurled into place and things begin to align and things that unfold if you will surrender under, submit yourselves under the mighty hand of God and in due season, he will exalt you. Somebody shout the hand of God. The mouth the finger, the hand. But there is yet another dimension. Somebody shout, the arm of God. Each dimension of power is increasing. It is a progression of power, dominion, and authority. And the arm of God to this point is the most progressive for it is the revelation of his power. The arm of God is the place of revelation. The hand of God is dominion and authority. But the arm of God is God's reach. It is God planting seed. It is God conceiving. It is God going out from himself. It is God 
planting, conceiving, and bearing forth. The arm of God is the expression of God. It is God revealing. It is God's holy arm. In case you don't know it, the arm of God is Jesus. The Bible tells us that when God began to stretch himself out, you see, all of us were fallen in sin. And the Bible said we had all come short of his glory. But when I couldn't reach God, the long arm of God reached down. He reached down to a world out of a world I couldn't get to. I was too addicted. I was too bound. I was too messed up. I came short of glory. But the long arm of God. His arm is not short. For with his own arm, he hath gotten him the victory. It wasn't Pilate's power. It wasn't Caiaphas's position. It wasn't Annas or even Herod or even the crowd. But with his own arm, he took that long arm and laid it on that cross. And he let them drive a nail in that naked arm. He was exposed between heaven and earth. There was nothing hidden. I know Michelangelo put a modesty towel around him, but your God made bare his holy arm. And he hung between heaven and earth and naked to the whole world, fully exposed because this was God expressed. In the sight of all nations, God revealed his arm was revealed. Somebody said it was like God rolling up his sleeves to go to work. The power of Calvary. What a tremendous power. God in flesh. The arm of God. Sleeves of glory pulled back to reveal the bare, naked, holy one. The word that spoke in creation was now made flesh and dwelt among us. And then on the cross we beheld as that glory was exposed, revealed, and crucified at the cross event. And the naked arm of God from Calvary's hill of sorrow reached for you and I and we are here because of the power of the bared arm of God. Is there anybody grateful for the arm of God? Somebody shout the mouth. Shout the finger. Shout the hand. Shout the arm. But Paul indicates that there is yet another dimension of God's power. And to this power Paul would write that this power is so big that it takes a spirit of revelation to come to you even as a believer because this is the exceeding greatness or the far surpassing 
One translation says the beyond usual. So whatever dimension, mouth, finger, hand, arm, what Paul says you need a revelation for is because the next dimension of power far surpasses everything you have seen up to this point. It was power beyond usual. Punch your neighbor say, I want some of that. Are you awake? But he said, that far surpassing, beyond usual, exceeding greatness is to usward who believe. This power is not to a dark sea of creation. This power is not to dust for gnats. This power is not just to reveal and bring revelation. But this is a power specifically endued into the life of a believer. He said, which he wrought. That's an old English word for he worked it out. This power, brother organ player, he had to work this out. He didn't just speak a word. He didn't just roll up his sleeves. But he had to go into heaven's drawing room. And he had to begin to align some stuff. And he had to do some process. And he had to go through some machination to bring some stuff to pass. And Paul said that he wrought in Christ. They didn't understand that the way he came and the way he was raised and the way he lived and how he began to call and what he began to do on earth, it was all a part of the process because he was setting up for the next dimension of power. They didn't see it. They thought it was just the death of another hero. They didn't see that it was all part of a divine plan, a design master plan when he would die and be buried but when he would be raised, that's what he said, which he wrought in Christ. When he raised Jesus from the dead. I wish I had some help in here tonight. This was not just another word. This was not just another little miracle. This power was not to show he could do tricks. Because everybody knows tricks are for kids. But I'm about to do the biggest work you have ever seen. And I'm about to reveal more power than this earth has ever seen. You thought my word was big. You thought my finger was great. You thought my hand was mighty. You thought my arm, but you ain't seen nothing yet. Wait until you see the next to me. Anybody want to see it at impact? Anybody want the next level of power? Exceeding power. Shout exceeding power. You see, this power goes beyond nature. Because it was the power that raised Christ from the dead. It's the power that took 
control of death, hell, and the grave. It's the power that can take sin, judge it, and deliver. It was the power that could march into Satan's house and take the key. And Paul said, this far-surpassing power not only raised him from the dead, but it set him, a little Wilsonian theology here, far above the heavens. Whatever he did when he spoke the worlds into existence, whatever heavens that he put in place by his mouth, whatever you think that took, he said, what he did in that garden tomb, by doing that and that resurrection, it took him far above the heavens, above dominions and powers and might and every name that has ever been named, not only in this world, but even in a world that I don't even know anything about, he's already above that world. He's already above that name. He's already in places I don't even know. I came to tell a home missionary, he's already over your city. He's already over every power and principality. He's over every name that's named. He's already worked it out. took all that. You may be seated. And he said, all things are under his feet. And he was made to be the head, everybody shout the head, of the church. <laughs> Which is his body. Honey, you thought his mouth was great. You thought his finger was good. Oh, what a mighty hand and what a long arm. But wait until you see the body, baby. It's bigger, it's better, it's stronger, it's far surpassing power. Somebody throw your head back and scream. I came to preach about why it's a big deal to be in the church. Because the church is the body. Wait until you see the body work. I know you thought the mouth was good. My Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost. I know all those things he did with his finger. And I know how his hand moves. And I'm thankful for the revelatory arm of God that reached down and saved me. But Paul said, what I'm writing to you is so bigger than you can imagine. It's bigger than your little tongue-talking experience. 
It's bigger than your little miracle where God healed a few people. It's bigger than running devils out the back door. What God is about to put on display is his body. I came to impact to tell somebody, if you think those other dimensions are powerful, wait until you see the body work. Help me, Holy Ghost. I want a spirit of revelation to come in here right now. Throw your hands up and receive a spiritual divine revelation. here's the deal I'll preach in a minute let me, let me tell you why sit down here's the reason you need divine revelation is because this dimension is to us worth and the reason you've got to get divine revelation about this dimension is because we know us. And we don't need no revelation about us. We know us. And we came to impact knowing all of our junk and knowing all of our mistakes and knowing all of our inabilities and knowing all of our failures. And we don't think God can work through us. But I started by telling you it's a big deal to be in the church. And he said, you need a spirit of revelation to come to you, to illuminate your understanding that this ain't about you. This ain't about your ability, but this is about the body of Christ. And in anybody, there are some things that aren't quite up to snuff. In your body, there's some things that got to get flushed out. There's some things that need to be sweated away. I know in the body we got some issues, but we're still the body. And I may have some junk in me, and I may need some things to get out of me, but I'm in the body. I'm part of the body, and that means I'm the body of Christ. And Paul said, that is the far exceeding, surpassing power of God. It's bigger than Egypt's delivery. It's bigger than Calvary's exposure. You know how I know that? Because denominal Christianity knows that part. Every Catholic cathedral in Fort Myers has got Jesus on a cross. He's bigger and badder than the virgin birth. bigger than miracles and exorcism there is a far surpassing power beyond usual beyond any dimension because working within the body Paul said is the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead 
which is also the same spirit that will lift you out of this world in a thing called the rapture. And that kind of power is not usual power. That's power that raises dead things to life. Cities that are locked up, that hell has had a control of, that are wrapped up and locked up. But when that far surpassing power begins to move stones, say yes sir, and begin to back up and dead things start getting up and they begin to bring order and fold napkins that's the same power that is in the body of Christ I wish I had some help on Thursday night at Fort Myers I came to tell somebody there's far surpassing power family you may have used to go to the usual bar you even went to a usual church some of you walked in here tonight and say this is unusual no it's not unusual it's beyond usual you just stepped into a bunch of believers that have far surpassing power greater than your dead church greater than your addiction greater than your demonic powers greater than death itself there's far surpassing power in this body y'all didn't know it they didn't ask for a, a usual preacher to preach impact I don't know what you think about me, but I am not usual. And I know Brother Phillips, he ain't usual. And Lord knows Stephen Collins ain't usual. And Bishop Williams ain't usual. Punch your neighbor and say, I ain't usual. Look at him and say, Elvis is dead. Tupac's dead. Deal with it, because I ain't usual. I don't care what your usual family says. I don't care what your usual community says. I don't care what your neighborhood school usual says. You are not usual. You are not like everybody else. You're not like every school student. You're not like every college student. This ain't a usual church. This is the body of Christ. This is why he said, they didn't understand it at the time, but Paul evidently got it. Jesus looked at him and said, greater works than this shall ye do. Ooh. I wish I had just five believers that would get a hold of that. Just, just five men or women that would get a hold of what Christ has done. What God did when he raised Christ from the, that's the same kind of power that is in his body. Can I preach a little more? 
I got to tell you, however, that this is not passive power. What do I mean by that? This power was not placed in the body to be passive. Let me shake all the passive Pentecostals. This thing's supposed to be active. You know the difference between usual church and beyond usual church is active power. You, you already know that. You, you, you know that already. You know what it's like to be in a dead service. And it's locked up and they're singing page 395 for the fifth time in the last 30 days. But one little sister, she's had a bad day. And she just drug herself to church because her backslidden husband has been cussing and drinking. And it didn't mean much to you because it was just Wednesday night Bible study. And they're singing that old boring hymn to you. But not that old mother. She got in that house of God and when they began to sing some bad morning, something in her began to bubble. And she got to thinking about what God, and she couldn't take it. She got out of her seat. Her knees didn't work quite the same way. Her back wasn't as strong, but there was a hallelujah, a thank you Jesus. And suddenly something began to move in that little church. And suddenly somebody else got out. You know what it was? It was activation of power. There was something on the inside that began to turn dead things around. See, this power has to be activated. It's not passive power. Let, 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 me, let me give you some information so you know I studied. Did you know there is a law of active power. Look at somebody say, there is a law of active power. Okay, let's be smart. Here it is, quote, all motion is in proportion to the quality of matter in the mover and the velocity with which it is applied. I know there ain't nobody smart because if y'all were smart, y'all would have understood that and shouted right there. Oh, and it's too late now to act like you're smart. Let me put it in South Louisiana language because that's where I'm from. In other words, power in action results according to the amount of energy and momentum with which it is applied. Well, that, that works for all the A and B students, but do I have any C students out there? You need me to go one step further. Let's go to Ned, Reader, C, Jane, Run. Y'all ready? What that means is what you put in is what comes out. The law of active faith is whatever energy you put in is what's coming back. 
I came to tell somebody it's time to activate your faith. It's time to put your faith to work. It's time for a revelation to hit you to be active in your faith. Well, let, let me let me just tell you about how much power you got. Jesus said, all power is given unto me. Not some power. Shout all power. Somebody shout, he's got it all. Putin don't have it. Zelensky don't have it. Biden don't have it. Trump don't have it. Newsom don't have it. DeSantis don't have it. But I do because in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Bodily. You want to know how much God you got? You got all of Your problem ain't a God problem. You need a revelation of what you got. Because the same power that raised Christ from dead is in the church. To us who believe. Any believers here shout amen. Christ. The extension of the Father. The great I am extended in Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. But notice the Bible says, and ye are complete in him. I, I, I don't mean to... I don't mean to offend all the Bible study teachers. You got your search for truth chart, and you got into this marvelous light chart, and you got heaven's kingdom chart, and all the charts you made up and tried to make money off of that failed. And for many apostolics, the fullness of the Godhead doctrine is simply a doctrine to win a debate over a coffee table. to get somebody out of the Baptist church into the Pentecostal church and thank God for it. But honey, if you think that's all that revelation is about, you're sadly missing. You need an illumination. You need to get lit at impact and understand that the revelation of the fullness of the Godhead is also that that Godhead is in you. You are the fullness of Christ. Because the far surpassing power is his work in the earth through his body. Far above principalities, powers, mice, dominion, names, names. Hath put, verse 22, all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things, the church, which is his body, 
the fullness of him. Don't stop. Hear me. This is why we're being outperformed in the religious circles. It's because we thought that revelation was just about baptism. But God in this crazy chaotic world of chaos, of demonic activity, and the need for the miraculous, and create the word to be spoken into places that need change and transformation. He needs more than people with a doctrinal revelation. He needs you armed with more than a chart. He needs you illuminated with the power that is in you. That you have Christ in you and the fullness of that Godhead. All of the fullness is in Christ, but you are the fullness of Christ. And when you walk into that chaotic world, it's the body of Christ taking over. It's the dominion of the hand of God. You submitting that city and you taking into dominion that high school and taking into captivity. That's why Paul said you need a spirit of revelation. Because this is far surpassing power. This weekend, I was in Mexico. My daughter and son-in-law are now missionaries. In Baja, Mexico, in the city of Rosarito, if you don't know where that is, it's basically a suburb. Their church is six minutes from the Tijuana city limits sign. Tijuana is the most dangerous city in the world, not at war. 2.1 million people. Their little city is about 200,000, a suburb growing together. I've had people come to me and say, are you afraid of your daughter? Everybody else is coming this way across the border. Not my kids, they going the other way. Because they got unusual power. There's people looking across the border for a better life. My kids are going back to the other side of the border, bringing new life with them. Because when you get the revelation of far surpassing power, it don't matter where your border is. You serve a borderless God, and your God is able to do exceeding, abundant, above all you can ask or even think. These are just two Pentecostal kids from preacher's homes. They're young. They're in their 20s. They never pastored a church. They never evangelized. They just went to Mexico with a vision and a burden. They broke their record last Sunday. They had 38, not including me. tell you what far surpassing power when you get the revelation of who you are you become a fearless warrior so their first convert that got the Holy Ghost was a lady named Lauda sister Lauda got the Holy Ghost a few weeks ago she works at a tortilla factory 
And let me tell you, they are right next to manna, there's tortillas. When we get to heaven, they're not going to be speaking Hebrew, it's going to be Spanish. You know why? Because the Messiah's name was Jesus. She got to telling, Me siento Espíritu Santo en este lugar. Amen. I said, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. She got to telling her co-workers. And one of the workers there is about six foot three or six foot four with shoulders about the size of this pulpit. Tough looking dude. Built out of granite and steel, it looks like. I watched him last Friday go over and pick up a, a sack of flour about that big, about that thick. Pick it up and lift it up and put it in a big machine. And I thought, brother, if there's a fight breaks out, he's on my team. She got to telling Annabelle. Can you imagine a guy named Annabelle? You go tell him. You tell him his name sounds funny. She said, Annabelle, you got to come with me to my church. I got the Holy Ghost. I got baptized in Jesus' name. About four weeks ago, he walked into church. The Holy Ghost got to moving, and Brother Casey Sees was there preaching for, for them. He came down to the altar and began to pray. And Casey's about that tall, and he's about that tall. Casey and Paula's laying hands on him, and in a little while, he began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. But what nobody knew is he had come from the halfway house. For all the drug addicts. Now, I don't know about your little halfway Salvation Army house. It ain't like that in Mexico. In Mexico, you get sent there by the government. And if you, if you don't like it, tough luck, you got to stay. Well, come to find out, Annabelle was a backslidden apostolic preacher from many, many years ago that messed up and backslid and then got addicted. Been in the penitentiary and all kinds of stuff. But Lauda had far suppressing power. And that power walked up into a tortilla factory. And got him to an apostolic church plant in a storefront. And God refilled him with the Holy Ghost. But what Annabelle didn't know is the preacher that was preaching there that day. Brother Casey Sees got the Holy Ghost at a halfway house. A former gun runner that went to prison and began to read the Bible in a Bible study at the halfway house. He got the Holy Ghost. And he looked at Annabelle and he said, hey, you in that halfway house? I got saved in the halfway house. And I'll tell you what I did. I brought 30 men from my halfway house to my church. He said, how many's in your halfway house? Annabelle said, 130. So two weeks ago, Brother Colby Scott, he looks like a cross between Ralph Lauren and Harry Potter. He's interning in Mexico 
with his surfer hair and his California Valley talk. What's up, dude? He decided he was going to go to the halfway house and see if we could open a Bible study. He walked up into the halfway house in his polo pants and button-down shirt and his parted down the middle and his round Harry Potter glasses. Can you imagine what he looked like to them? He come back and said, Brother Peyton, they call him Pastor Pepe. They can't say Peyton. Pastor Pepe, just want you to know that next Friday at 4 o'clock, we got permission to have church and Bible study at the halfway house. I'm just telling stories. Now, I've been to halfway houses. One of my job descriptions when I was in my daddy's church is I had to teach Bible study at the Salvation Army. I picked people up every service and took them from the halfway house right around the corner to church. I thought I knew what halfway house ministry was. But not in Mexico. So we had a team down there. There was about 18 of us there doing some work. On, we're getting ready to build a Bible school and an orphanage. All that's getting placed. So we had a team down there. And so we found out they said they won't allow any women to come to this one. It's too, it's too crazy. But they will allow the men to come. So we said, all us men, let's go to the halfway house. We roll up into the border between Tijuana and Rosarito. And it's rough streets. There wasn't even, there wasn't even asphalt. It was crazy. And we pulled up. It was like Alcatraz. And there's guards outside, and it wasn't metal bar. It was metal walls and metal doors. And we're following Polo Potter and Pastor Pepe in his button-down and khakis, who's never done anything, maybe got a parking ticket. But when you got far surpassing power... And here's all these... Rock Church men, we come walking in, and we walked in. Let me tell you, it didn't look like today. It didn't look like the Salvation Army in Baton Rouge on Airline Highway. When we walked in, I'm going to tell you what, I thought I had just fallen through a wormhole into MS-13's headquarters. And they were sitting there stone cold. We walked in and they started looking at us. We had brought Brother Anthony Pizarro, the director of Saved and Sober. Brother Peyton walked up, 24 years old, into a world he's never experienced with vatos and gang members. And let me tell you, it, it, it wasn't ushers in the back. It was ushers all over. They're moving people all, the whole time. They're moving, don't sit there, no. They're looking, they're flashes. They're doing everything imaginable. They're moving people the whole time. It was checkers the whole time. That 24-year-old preacher's boy walked up and said, we came and we're here because we love you. And we're here to tell you about Jesus Christ and a program called Saved and Sober. He began to exhort. He brought Brother Anthony Pizarro up there. Brother Pizarro stepped up and began to preach an apostolic version, just about a 30-minute lesson. And when he finished, we thought they'd be done. But nobody did nothing. They just sat there. And one of the guys hollered out, he said, next. I didn't know what that meant. 
And then the whole crowd said, next. And the guy sitting by me said, somebody else going to talk? So another one walked up there. And about the time he got up there, they said, have any of y'all ever been addicted? Well, I had never been addicted. I never smoked. I never drank. I never did. I, I was like, oh, God, what am I going to say to this? I'm the pastor. So I walked up there. I mean, it was stone quiet. There was no organ playing. And there wasn't not one amen. But I got far surpassing power. I just felt the Holy Ghost say, talk about miracles. I got up and I began to tell them in our church in the last nine days, four of the five senses have been healed in our church. I got and began to tell them about it. I sat down, I looked over and Boston, my son, he jumped up. I don't know what got on him, but he started pounding the pulpit and he started looking at them and he began to preach about the far surpassing power of the Holy Ghost. And I looked down from tattoos from head to feet. I looked as tears begin to roll down their face. And then I watched this Polo Potter Colby walked up and begin to talk about a life change. Sunday morning, three of those men were on the front row at the Rock Iglesia in Rosarita. And the director came and said, we want y'all to come back every Friday at four o'clock. As it was kind of quieting down, one of the men hollered out in English. She said, hey, are y'all associated? And he named a denominal church. And Pastor Pepe said, no, we're not. And the man looked around and said, esta bien. And they all started clapping because they knew old dead religion couldn't fix their problem. But somewhere with Polo Potter and Pastor Pepe and clean Mr. Young, they got a little touch of far surpassing power and they said, we want what you've got. Some of you are living, I'm done. Too many of us are living beneath the privilege of far surpassing power. power that raised Christ from the dead is in you. That same power is going to quicken your mortal body in the same way that it changes death to life. That power is in you. This is why you can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. This is why you can say in the name of Jesus and point your finger. It's not you. It's the finger of God working in you. It's the mouth of God working in you because in his body is all power. 
stand with me. Here's how I feel to end this first night of impact. I'm not going to try and shout you out. That may come later. But I believe in this meeting this week, God wants to illuminate your understanding. That you go from impact and make an impact. Not tomorrow, but now. Now. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I got some doubts. Not about you, God, but I got some doubts about me. That's why you need the spirit of revelation to come to you. If you want to begin to make an impact, if you want to begin to operate in holy faith and take spiritual dominion, your school, your campus, your job, your neighborhood, your church, God wants to raise up the apostolic church beyond usual from any other church. God wants your, your church like a light, a city set on a hill, a light that is not under a bushel. God wants to lift you up and illuminate you to a world that is in darkness. Let me tell you something. I know the world's crazy. I know y'all live in Florida, but let me tell you about where I live. It's nuts. It's crazy. All this, all this transgender stuff, it ain't new. It's the same devil. Let me tell every woman in here. You know what that is? Have you noticed ain't nobody arguing about what a man is? Nobody's arguing about what a man is. Everybody's arguing about what a woman is. You know why? Because there's enmity between the devil and the woman. He's doing everything he can because out of the matrix of every woman's womb, that's life. And every one of those lives that's born could be an apostolic missionary, a preacher, a soul winner. And he's going to kill every baby he can. And if he can mess up production and mess up who women think they are. Don't you ever think this is just a transgender issue. It's a demon trying to destroy women. Where's all my women livers now? not intimidated by a crazy world see here's what you gotta here's what you gotta realize can y'all can, can get like three more minutes here's what you gotta realize that in chaos there's opportunity well what's the economy gonna do do you know the people with exceeding money hoping it failed Oh, y'all didn't know that? They ain't worried about you. They're not worried about you. They're hoping you lose your house. Because they got cash in the bank. And as soon as that housing market crashes or all that stuff happens, everybody that's got exceeding wealth says, this is my opportunity they start buying and the rich get and the poor get because those that have exceeding abundance wait for crisis and say that's my moment 
feel a Jacob spirit getting on me right now. I feel a Jacob feel a spirit getting on me right now. Because if you've got super surpassing Holy Ghost power, that means you've got more abundant power where sin doth, grace doth. That means the more chaotic this world gets, Brother Irvin, the more opportunity I have. But it starts with revelation. I'm not talking about coming down here and shouting it out or crying it out or talking in tongues it out. I'm talking about saying, God, awaken my understanding. Illuminate my mind. Let me see who I'm supposed to be. Show me the ever-abounding grace that is in me. Show me the ever-working power of abundance that is in this thing called the church. If you want that in this first night of impact, you want God to come like he did, hover over you, and bring revelation to your mind your spirit, your soul, and awaken you to be the man or woman God's called you to be. I want you to gather in this altar, put your hands in the air as they begin to sing and play. I want you to ask God to come now. That's the first prayer of this conference. God, give me revelation. Give me understanding beyond just your mouth and beyond just your word not, and beyond just your hand and your heart. I thank you for every power I've known. But God, now let that power work in me. The power that raised Christ. That far exceeding power. To make me what I ought to be. Come on. Come on, lift your voice, Steve.
Somebody say yes to the Lord. 